listening to Childeric, the podcast. This is my podcast. It's the podcast that I say what I want to say. Isn't that amazing? Super fresh. Super amazing. Today, we have all kinds, all kinds of gobs of things jam-packed into this episode, and it's going to be amazing. Now, in past episodes... Past episodes, we have focused on events that are current, that are happening roughly within that same day or two. We pick stories out and or headlines, and we like to um, we like to share our thoughts uh, based on the available information. And so, for this episode, episode forty-eight, I realize that we've been out of it for a few months. It's been kind of like a summer break, if you will. But in that time, a number of things have happened. And if I were to go back and recap on all of these things that have been going on, I, to be honest with you, we would all be lost. This show would end up being like hours long. Nobody wants to sit here for hours and listen to me. <laughs> no one does. Now, there's some exciting things coming up for this broadcast, podcast, and stream cast and all kinds of different casts that you can cast when you're casting it. So I wanted to focus on a story that, um, that had really struck me as something that was really odd. Now today, this story concerns Canada and, um, Saudi Arabia. Now over the last couple of months, uh, they've had some, uh, interesting things happen in Canada. They've been struggling with, and we've covered this before on this podcast. Um, they're having people illegally enter the country, and instead of calling them illegally entering the country, uh, seeking asylum, they are calling them irregular border crossers. So these are people that show up in the United States and cross uh, the border into Quebec at a place called Roxham Road. And so instead of uh, blocking the roadway where the where the border is, uh, the Trudeau government has decided to set up a big building there and it's an intake building for all of these people coming from Africa. Okay. Now I've, I've talked about this. I mean, blue in the face, we've been talking about this and it, it's a really serious issue in the sense that Canada is coming up on federal elections, uh, here in 2019. So less than a year away here or around about years, year or so they'll be having their federal elections. So they'll be electing their majority party and their, uh, their prime minister and whatnot. So it's, it's, so we talked about this before about how this irregular border crossing, what they're calling it, which is actually illegal border crossing uh, is. So these people are being brought into Canada illegally uh, and they are making asylum claims while they're making asylum claims. They are being mo- moved around uh because apparently Quebec uh, saw what was happening and they told the Trudeau government said, no, you're not leaving these people here. There's no place to put them. And so he was forced to bust these people into all of these other provinces. The problem that I had with it when I first saw it and what they had started to do with these people that were coming in. Uh, now you remember that Justin Trudeau, he, he put out an open invitation on Twitter. Okay. Basically saying he wants to be welcoming for all, for all people. Well, people took that serious and especially in places in parts of Africa and, and, and whatnot. And they literally hopped on a plane. Uh, I don't know what all they had, where they lived, but they literally hopped on a plane, whole families hopped on planes with their luggage and showed up at the door. 
<laughs> just showed up down at Roxham Road trying to get in. Okay. So I have no idea how these people on the other side of the planet figured out that this particular road, you can walk down this road and, you know, you can get off the plane in New York and take a taxi to this road and they'll drop you off. An Uber will drop you off at the end of this road and you can just walk across the border. So, and, and, and get into Canada. So all of these people, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what their, um, I don't know what their financial status is, but I know that like a number of people in America that are right next door that uh, are even close to the border don't just have, you know, gobs of money to just be taking trips halfway around the world just to cross a border, you know, let alone go from one of some of the poorest nations in the world into some of the richest nations in the world without any form of uh, employment or other means to support them while they're going through this process. So the financial support means ended up being that burden ended up being placed on the taxpayers of Canada. So we've gone through a number of those of these things, setting up this scenario. And so where that concerns us is that these people are potentially being bused into places where the liberal party may have problems getting elected in those writings. And so essentially what this appears to be to the international community and to people who don't even need to be experts is they, it appears that they are doing the exact same things that the Democrats here in the United States were doing. And that is moving voters into places that they needed districts that they needed votes in. Okay. Which is, which is highly illegal. Now you have to catch people doing this. Okay. So knowing that Trudeau, you know, has connections with Clinton and also is known to be, uh, have been seen hanging out with Obama and, and that ilk, we know that he's taken a page out of their playbook uh, and quite literally may actually have their actual playbook in his hand. And he's actually trying to implement some of these things. So this has been a hot point topic and people have been in Canada have been upset that these things have been going on. And the, um, the opposition party who's uh, there to keep the, the government, the ruling uh, majority party in check on some of these things have, have raised the issue several times. And, and it's almost like they're, you know, so essentially all they've been able to do is make the liberals unpopular. And at the same time, the liberal government hasn't helped themselves because they've been putting out, uh, you know, tweets about a bunch of nonsense. So in this in insanity, okay, they've had a couple of things happen. They've had some terrorist attacks and some, uh, some shootings. There was a shooting uh, in a place called Danforth. And there was another shooting uh, in Fredericton in, in uh, New Brunswick. So these two things seemingly uh, happened and they don't appear to be connected yet. This is another one of those things where the, that the Trudeau government has been doing is they've been hiding information or altering information um, based on whatever political fallout might occur in their, in their minds. So they've been putting these, bringing these people in, putting them where they need the votes, which is not, um, it, it makes it to where the international community questions whether that vote is a legitimate vote, whether they're going to, um, and when I say legitimate vote, I mean, you can't hire a bunch of people to vote for your guy and then call it legitimate. You can't change the laws to bring in import voters. Like in no way is that democratic. Okay. And in no way is it democratic or even, um, acceptable in a Western country ever to use taxpayers' money without, without uh, 
them having a say in it. I mean, you would normally have something like that, something that they would vote on, or in this particular case, maybe the provinces would, you know, decide which portions could be funded and which portions couldn't be funded. So that's uh, one another one of the issues. So it's an illegal thing that's not going to be recognized. It has the potential of queering the legitimacy of the vote. The integrity of the vote could be compromised by the fact that they've been importing these people. So in the midst of all of this, Justin Trudeau takes this long, long vacation in the month of July. Extremely long. And it, it even extended all the way into August. And <clears throat> while he's surfing by himself on the West Coast out in British Columbia, they have these shootings the one in Danforth, and then the, and then he goes back, and then they have another one in Fredericton. Now, one of the odd things about these two shootings, one, uh, the shooting in Danforth was right before uh, an event called the Taste of Danforth, which uh, Trudeau flies back for and attends. While these people are mourning the loss of these two these two young ladies that were that were shot and killed, and, and a number of people were wounded, this guy's on vacation, doesn't make a statement, doesn't do the thing, blah blah blah. He's he's you know oblivious. He's out there surfing. So he flies back, goes to this little memorial, goes back to his vacation, then comes back for the Taste of Danforth. Now, it wouldn't be odd except for uh, about a week before, if you live, if the universe is a vacuum, okay, I mean, if all things are equal, okay, what are the odds that you have a shooting in a place right before a major event in that same place? And not only just having that happen once, it happened twice. Because on the day when uh, people are get together, there's a huge population of Acadians in Fredericton. Fredericton had another shooting. So, I mean, it was just days before they're going to have this um, national Acadian, you know, uh, celebration or whatever. And, it's, and their main population is based out of Fredericton. So they have a shooting and then they have an event. Then they have a shooting and then they have an event. And this guy comes back each time and, 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 you know, or whatever, and, and flies back with the CF-18s, you know, right there protecting him. And from what? I don't know, because it's not like there's a, what you know, you're going to get jumped. I mean, about the only thing he could be thinking is he might be getting jumped by a stealth aircraft or something that he can't see, which those two CF-18s aren't going to be able to do anything about. Uh, if it's a anti-air missile threat, you know, uh, from the, a ground-based uh, thing, uh, missile system those cf-18s aren't going to be able to do anything about it if you know what i mean so there's not it's kind of questionable as to if he's heightening his, his security that those two f-18s aren't going to do anything about whatever it is he's afraid of so you know this is the guy the climate change guy that's like no oil and here he is burning it up so that's one thing that just doesn't look right okay so so we set all this thing up we've got this huge dumpster fire happening in the trudeau government all of these things are happening, these events. Now, in, here in the United States, we are coming to find out that a number of the shooting events that we were having, um, and noticeably, they've most of them have curtailed. You know, we've, you know, done a lot of, uh, law enforcement has done a great job, and they've been, you know, active in, in weeding out some of these and potentially stopping and uh, preventing some of these types of, of activities from happening. But one of the things that came out recently was that the, uh, for example, is uh, the Las Vegas shooter's girlfriend, I don't remember the Las Vegas shooting, his girlfriend was apparently being paid by the FBI. So we've gone through a number of those types of operations where all, everybody that's connected to the operation, the implementation of the operation, is somehow affiliated with the FBI. And so when we start talking about who are the bad actors and people are talking about ISIS and ISIL and 
this weird uh, name of some terrorist group nobody's heard of in the Middle East, you know, uh, one thing that keeps coming up is, is that all of these people are connected to the FBI here in the United States. So what it appears is that he is that the same situation is happening in Canada, where, like I said, you have a shooting and then an event, and then you have a shooting and then an event. And in between those, juxt, you know, just kind of juxtaposed, interdisposed really inside there are Trudeau's trips from the West Coast to the East Coast into these places to uh, do this thing. Now, the reason why I've brought all of this up and I've kind of framed it this way and, and, and brought all of this information in here and we've kind of gone over a general uh, framework of how um, things, have, of what types of things have happened, patterns and so forth, brought off all this information to go into this uh, spat between Canada and Saudi Arabia. Where did it start? What's it about? So apparently the Trudeau government, uh, Christopher Freeland, which is the uh, the blah, blah, blah minister. I don't even know what she does, but she's really short and it's weird. So anyway, she tweeted out something about, uh, <coughs> about somebody protesting uh, for the release of uh, a blogger um, who was in, who's in jail in Saudi Arabia, okay? Now, this woman left Saudi Arabia and became a Canadian citizen, okay? So this woman is also uh, has also been to the White House. You see what I'm getting at here? So she was at the White House. And I, in fact, I've seen a picture of her with Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton at the White House, okay? So this is the same person that is a Canadian that left some type of tyrannical thing going on in, in Saudi Arabia becomes a Canadian where she's safe. She's at the White House rubbing shoulders and noses and, and cheeks and whatever with with the bigs, okay, at the White House in America. And she's Canadian, all right? Totally safe. And maybe she's lobbying to get her brother out of jail or whatever, okay? Whatever that situation is, nobody cares. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care. And the reason is, is because generally if you go and you say certain, we're free here in America and we have freedom of speech and we can voice our opinions and so on and so forth. We can say, get away with a lot, but there still are rules. There are certain things you cannot do. You cannot advocate for the overthrow of the government. Okay. You cannot incite others to do that. There is a number of things under title 18 under the law that you are not allowed to say and do. And a number of those things have been violations that the liberals even politicians are guilty of, and they do it all the time in media. And they're becoming, they're trying to normalize that type of, of talk. Okay. It's illegal. You will be prosecuted for it. The Secret Service does know who you are. They will get you. Okay. Now, we go to Saudi Arabia. This guy probably said something or perhaps has said something about the ruling government there, which happens to be a, a kingdom. Okay. And this is not... Uh, I mean, this is typical. It happens all the time. There are people who become disenfranchised with their leadership and they attempt to voice their opinion. Uh, I'm going to presume at this point that the man was voicing his opinion and not that his speech was, was uh, uh, his freedom to speak, his ability to speak freely there, which isn't as free as the United States would be, generally. Generally speaking, even if you think about that whole thing, so the guy probably said something that in the minds of the government, the king, the royal house, whatever, probably said something that what that is something by their law does cross their line, and therefore he was tried in a court and he was put in jail. 
So, of course, his sister's going to advocate for him. I find no fault in that. What I do find fault in is that she goes to Saudi Arabia, starts to raise this stink about her brother being put in prison after he was convicted of whatever he said and did. doesn't matter. So she gets booted again. Okay? She gets booted. Or whatever. doesn't matter what happened. Krista Freeland, she somehow knows about it. Okay, because they're all, like I said, rubbing shoulders with all the bigs. And so Freeland in Canada, I guess a big there, you know, they're very accessible. You can go and walk in there and tell them all your problems, I guess. And they, they will attempt to solve them with taxpayer money. So she tweets out about this scenario that's happening in Saudi Arabia and how, how tragic it is that they should not be, you know, this guy's a political um, prisoner and so on and so forth. Okay, so now put the shoe on the other foot. I mean, if someone was talking like that to Canada and using perhaps maybe the Queen's, oh, the Queen, you're holding this guy. I mean, what would that look like? It would look like, oh, you can't say that. Talking about the Queen. So the same type of thing, you put the shoe on the other foot and you realize, oh, well, Freeland's just totally going nuts on Twitter, tweeting about this thing, this Canadian that went there and somehow, you know, maybe got arrested and kicked out or whatever, something happened. And she didn't like it. And so she tweets about it and whatever, and then starts this whole, this whole, um, a spat between the two countries where the Saudis withdrew all of their trade, withdrew all of their ties, brought a lot of their people back. Now they've cut them off and a number of other countries, Egypt, Jordan, uh, Russia, uh, some African countries, some islands, they've sided with us the Saudi Arabia saying like, look, you don't go, you know, sticking your nose in all these little, you know, court cases. You can't do that. You're on the other side of the world. You don't know what's going on. You know, it's not being tried by you in public. Okay. So they have this go on. And so the Saudis start pulling people. And one of the concerns that they raised was the fact that there are um, a number of rogue opioids. Just happened to be in Canada. <laughs> they got an opioid problem. It's one of the things that they brought up. Now, the now we're going to get to the meat and the substance of why this is such a big deal. It's a big deal because this Danforth shooter, the Danforth shooter's brother was connected and in league with this guy who was in possession of 46 kilograms of carfentanil. Now, 46 kilograms of carfentanil is enough to kill 50 million people. It's that potent. You get one grain of this stuff on your tongue and you're dead. Period. It's just going to happen. It's lethal. And this stuff is like 100,000 times stronger than heroin, okay? You're gonna die. And there are people that are looking at this going, man, this could be classed as a, as a chemical weapon. This is, that's a weaponized form. Now, some people say, well, they, what, they, what people who deal drugs do is they take this stronger carfentanil and they cut it with something like caffeine. And they did find, you know, there was uh, 53 kilograms total. So 46 of that was carfentanil and the rest of it was caffeine. Clearly not enough caffeine to cut 46 kilograms of carfentanil, not at that strength, okay? So everyone is being told that that is a drug bust, okay? They found this stuff in the basement. The guys, the shooter in Danforth, his brother is in a coma because of his exposure to this or other chemicals that were found in this basement with a bunch of weapons and money, okay? So... We go back and we start to look at what, how this shooting transpired and 
um, the, the aftermath and how it was handled by the government. And so the thing that is probably uh, the first red light or warning light for any intelligence service um, around the world, any foreign intelligence service concerning Canada, is that uh, back in June of 2016, there was a bust that was intercepted 46 kilograms of carfentanil at the Montreal airport. June 2016, 46 kilograms. Now, apparently the government of Canada, the Trudeau government, wants us all to believe that 46 kilograms, that is how much dealers deal in 46 kilograms. That's the only amount there is. Okay? So, that was last year. That was that was in 2016, June 2016. So, we go back that far, and now we come to this point where they busted these guys. They intercepted it, and they, they busted. Okay? So, now the Canadian government has 46 kilograms of carfentanil in their hands as of June 2016. Okay? okay? They know where it came from. came from China, and whatever else they were doing, however else they figured it out, is suspect. We don't care at this point. Somebody, somebody knows. Somebody will figure it out. The point is, is that that carfentanil, that 46 kilograms of carfentanil, ended up in the hands of the government of Canada, okay? They busted it, they found it, they intercepted it, it's in their hands. Doesn't, we, we, what isn't known is their disposition of it. What's it, how did it, you know, did they dispose of it? Did they, is it under quarantine? Did they keep, are they keeping it in an evidence locker somewhere? What's going on, okay? They just said, yeah, we intercepted that. No, no need to be alarmed. Well, there still kind of is an alarm because then you got a guy showing up uh, getting busted with 46, exact 46 kilograms of carfentanil in his basement, okay? So the guy that did the shooting in Danforth, his brother was, that was his thing. They were both, they were involved in that. So the shooter, he has a bunch of guns and some training and he goes around and he pops a bunch of innocent people at an ice cream shop, right? So from this scenario and the setup, every, all of the intelligence agencies all over the world are looking at this going, you guys got problems, okay? So now we wind back a couple of months now, a few months ago, when uh, the Canadians, uh, even the opposition, Canadian government, they were all upset because Donald Trump, President Trump, had said that Canada is a security risk. They got all upset, like, oh, God, you know, they got incensed. Well, it couldn't be us. Okay, so you remember what we were just talking about, how they intercepted magically new that 46 kilograms of carfentanil was coming into Montreal and they intercepted it, okay? Now, you gotta watch closely and you gotta listen and you gotta read and you gotta figure this out and you gotta put the pieces together because these people aren't really good at doing what they're doing. Now, by my count, the Trudeau government is in possession of 92 kilograms of carfentanil, enough to kill everyone in Canada and a third of the population of the United States. It is believed by foreign intelligence that 46 kilograms intercepted at the Montreal airport in June 2016 is the same 46 kilograms in the basement case of the brother of the Danforth shooter. This is the reason for the Saudis' withdrawal and severing of ties, not the Freeland tweet. Okay, the Freeland tweet was just cover for them to just go, you know what, we've had enough of your crap. You could better get your own house in order. So the question that arises, if the 46 kilograms is the same substance from the Montreal bust, the Montreal interception, then... It had passed into the hands of a known terrorist by the Canadian government for possible deployment against its own citizens. It's the only, it's the only place they can deploy it, okay? So the coalition that's back in the side believe this assessment to be accurate and are preparing to take further measures may include a declaration of war on the Trudeau government. It's also clear that the RCMP and or CSIS is involved and appears to be compromised. Serious questions abound concerning the RCMP and CSIS. 
CSIS and these two agencies involvement and to what extent since they uh, within a very short period of time just following the down force shooting uh, CSIS was already on the scene which indicates that somebody very high up which is probably uh, Ralph Goodale himself was either contacted immediately or, or already knew there was going to be an event. Canadian public safety minister Ralph Goodale said this of Hussein, this is the shooter. He says, quote, there is no connection between that individual and national security. Okay, so instead of easing the minds of foreign assessors, people who are looking at this, analyzing this scenario, this serves to reinforce the idea that Canadian security or CSIS is in fact directly involved in the event itself. Now to further parse his words for meaning uh, in that statement by Goodall can only be taken one of two ways, really. He's attempting to assuage the minds of the public that this event is a standalone event and not part of a string of future or active events. I call this one the danger has passed theory. This raises the question, how does Mr. Goodall know this? One possible answer to that question is the shooting is connected to the national security apparatus of Canada. Two, he is attempting to separate that individual, quote, and what he's done, the shooting, and, quote, national security, which implies strongly even more so that the two are indeed connected. Otherwise, why would he deem it necessary to immediately separate the two in the minds of others? That was his first statement on the thing. He said this guy's not connected to national security. Now, if he was trying to get other people who are analyzing this, this scenario to relax, like, and make, like, you know, look, we're in control. This is not connected, but it is connected. It's connected all the way. Every bit of this is connected. And... So that is the point that everyone's trying to make is uh, you got a problem. You have a huge problem. So further along this line, the good old statement indicates that the national security he's speaking of is not above reproach, as most investigative agencies would be while investigating a crime. If you think about it, the uh, investigators aren't usually the suspects themselves. However, in this case of the shooting and the connections surrounding it, Goodell is aware of some informed individuals that would conclude with the available evidence that it appears that the national security in Canada is in fact compromised, which is why the official statement contains that distinct reference above the importance of any other information related to the shooting, including the shooter's name, who he is, you know, any other information about him that was then subsequently scrubbed. And so there's a, there's a, there's a quick test that kind of goes like this, only a frame of frames. Only a frame of frames. And so this is Ralph Goodell framing something. He wants you to see it a certain way. Okay. He doesn't want you to see it the way he thinks you will see it. How it appears. He wants you to see it the way he wants you to see it. That's a, that's what the entire problem is about. Okay. The entire problem is, is that they either have 92 kilograms of carfentanil, which is enough to kill over a hundred million people, which is everybody in Canada and a, and a, num, a good third of the population of the United States. Okay. They're in possession of something that can be weaponized as it can and used as a chemical weapon. Um, and so that has added to this whole deal where it's like this guy, like, isn't Trudeau, isn't dealing with a full deck. You know what I mean? He's got, he's got some serious issues. Now, a whole nother, whole nother episode on the fact that it came from China and the various governments around the world are aware of this and they're going, they're working on, you know, how to, how to deal with that. And they've made China aware that something like that was going on and, so in which the Chinese may or may not have been aware of it, but why would you send something that is so lethal that it would kill everybody in an entire country? I mean, don't you think that, uh, you know, you would want to have a handle on that? I mean, you would think that you would want to have a handle on it. And you would think that a country that has pretty much a handle on everything already is going to already know that, you know, they're already going to. So because they're already in control of it, 
it just makes more sense to think that they did it on purpose, that they were actually were involved in getting it there because now that they've were alerted to it, you know, quote unquote, or brackets, if you will, parentheses, they were alerted to this problem that carfentanil was filtering into various places all over the world. Subsequent to that, they went ahead and oh, we shut these down. Get those, get those companies shut down. Yeah, it was company. There's a company. Somebody put up a company and was selling this stuff online or whatever. So that doesn't make any sense either. And whoever, you know, whoever it was that was doing it, you never heard who it was. It was just some mystery company, mystery guy, mystery group. What were they doing? You know, like, like his intelligence apparatus looks like, looks pretty stupid. His own intelligence looks pretty stupid if they don't know who these people were or what they were doing. And so you gotta, you gotta know that they probably did know those people. They probably did know what they were doing. They were probably state sponsored and nobody wants to admit to that. And they didn't want to dig any further than that. But the reality of it is, is that you have to start asking yourself the question, why would the Chinese government want to send uh, carfentanil to Canada? And how, you know, I mean, why, why would they want to do that? They would kill everybody in Canada, a bunch of people in the United States to start a war. You know what I mean? Is that really, is that the best way to start a war? I mean, there's other things that you could, you know, that would maybe be better to lead up to it. But I mean, a mass, you know, Holocaust, larger than a Holocaust uh, type event. You don't think somebody's going to kill you. You know what I mean? You don't think somebody's going to just wipe you out, wipe you off the face of the planet. And, and to have that kind of a threat in the hands of some doofus prime minister in Canada, you got to be out of your mind. Of course, people are upset. Of course, people are upset. You all got a lot of explaining to do. See, you got a lot of explaining to do and nobody's been explaining anything. Everyone's been trying to hide things like Goodell. He's been trying to hide things. This is not look at. That individual is not connected to national security. Really? You know what I mean? It's, it's like a, it's like a kid. It was like, mom, whatever, whatever Johnny says, um, I, it's not true. He, he prefaces whatever Johnny's going to say by telling his mom, it's not true. And how stupid is that? You know, this is exactly what, how Ralph sounds. He sounds like, oh, well, uh, I know what it looks like. I know it looks like we're involved, but we're not involved. We're not involved. Whatever, whatever it looks like, that's not what's happening. Really. See, they think that they, <laughs> they think they're smart. That's the problem right there is that these are the people that think that they're smart. We're getting away with it. No, you're actually not. Everybody sees what you're doing. You're doing it in open, in, in front of everybody. You're an idiot. That's what you are. Beside the fact that the Trudeau government is a dang dumpster fire, okay, you got this kind of crap going on, which is a serious threat to a huge majority number of people. And so you wonder why Mexico is actually getting FaceTime uh, with uh, the United States government in trade talks and Canada has been put on the back burner. Meanwhile, you know, they've got their entire, you know, Canadian government uh, going to gay pride parades. So this week, when they have their little get-together in B.C., um, Vancouver Island, they had this big liberal government get-together, and they're going to we're gonna plan. We're going we're gonna to get our ducks in a row. We're going to, you know, we're going to make a comeback. So they're still, they're still playing politics, but they, this is not politics. This is some serious stuff. Now, can we explain this? I think we can explain it one of two ways. One, we can explain it the way I just did explain it, okay? And if that whole scenario is accurate, which to me, I mean— I'm convinced just on the surface that that's what's going on because the guy's a huge doofus and the people that work for him are huge doofuses. They're idiots. Okay. So it makes me uh, think that this is a botched version of what Obama was doing. 
And we'll get into we'll get into some more of that too, because that that stuff's already starting to come out too. So, but that that's really what this appears to be. Now, there's it, this has kind of gone by the wayside. People have just kind of hushed up about it. When this Trudeau government they get together and they make a statement after their little retreat or whatever, and it's supposed to be this energizing thing. They've got good direction. They know what they're doing. They you know, it's a reassuring you know to their base type of thing. Instead, he comes out and says, "Yeah, you know, uh, I shouldn't have." I, I shouldn't have handled that man had that uh, Quebecois lady manhandled, but she deserved it because she was racist. Essentially is what he said. Like he didn't, you know, like he knew who she was or whatever. And then he goes to this liberal thing out in Quebec and he's got a liberal get together. It's like a barbecue or whatever. And he's talking about the same fluffy nonsense that he's talking about before all the time. And everybody that's, that's there is just like, Oh my God, this is great. And it's like, what the food or what this guy's saying? Cause what this guy's saying is not good. You know, and so this lady tells him, this lady speaks up and she asks him, she says, Where are, you know, is Quebec going to get our $174 million back for these illegals? And he's like, oh, you're racist. You got, there's no place for you in Canada. And it's like this, this woman, maybe her family's probably been here for a few hundred years already, you know, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So doesn't that, so there's a whole lot number of things that are going on. And this guy, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to sum it up this way. There's a number of nations that are pissed off at these people and I don't blame them. And I, for one, just based on the information that I've delivered to you, which is accurate, it comes directly from what they've said, directly from their reports, you know, and it's just a matter of putting two and two together and going, oh, okay, I see what's going on. You've had the same 46 kilograms of carfentanil in the government's possession twice. It's now been, it's almost like they're trying to launder how much carfentanil they actually have. The only time you do operations like that is when you are, you know, going to plant, you're planning to do something with it. What are you just planning to have it? You're planning to use it. You're, that's the plan. You're, you plan to use it, but you got caught. You got caught and everybody around the world is looking at you like, yeah, you're out. We're not talking to you. So yeah, you're a failure is what you are. You're a huge failure as a government, probably as a person. But you pull some kind of crap like that in this neighborhood in North America, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. You're burnt. You're burnt. And, you know, to be honest with you, this is a serious enough thing that if they don't start getting a handle on this, they don't start explaining themselves, which I know politically they wouldn't want to do, but literally it's going to become necessary for them to do it. It's going to become necessary for them to do it. And they better get nippy with the whole thing real quick. They better start delivering the information because there's a number of countries that are not happy. And they're not happy. And that's a serious enough thing to get you, to get you taken out. So if you don't want to get taken out, you better start explaining yourself. Trudeau.